Hello, everybody. Welcome to Pastrami Nation, the meat of pop culture. My name is Nolan Smith. Joining me today is Rebecca Benson. Hello. And the host for today's interview is Mr. Kevin Hoskinson. Hey, guys. How's it going? Very cool. So uh, today we actually have a really, really cool interview for you guys. Um, you know, they just came back premiering their new their new short film at Horror Fest International. We have uh, director Alex Kawan and, of course, actor Ted Ramey joining us today. How are you guys? Great. Very good. Thank you. Very yeah, good. Of course. of course. Thank you guys for coming. We really appreciate it. Um, so uh, yeah, you guys uh, premiered your the short film Red Light at Horror Fest International uh, this past weekend. Uh, how was the reception of the movie there? How how was it? Um, it was it was excellent. Uh, uh, I was there. Um, Alex unfortunately oh. was was in in Mexico City, I believe, and uh, so he he couldn't make it. I think Alex he did want to go. I'm sure, but uh, we would have loved to have had him there. But in, so instead. Uh, uh, my co-producer uh, Marco de Molina and I went there, and uh, it was a wonderful reception. Um, uh, it was a as packed a house as it could have been, as with COVID restrictions being right. what they are. Um, but the audience seemed to love it. Um, we uh, it was at the um, uh, it played with many other shorts and many other excellent shorts and. Uh, uh, there were ones from uh, all over Europe, Central America, South America. So it was a true international film festival. Uh, they, I think the reception was uh, really excellent. I, I, I felt very blessed and, and lucky that uh, our, our picture uh, was received so well. Very nice. Um, so what, what, just, just out of curiosity, just a side note, how, what was it like kind of being, you know, the whole world is kind of shut down right now, comic, no comic cons, no other film festivals, things like that. Was it, you know, how did it feel being there? Was it pretty... Uh, pretty nice being out in public, you know, being able to socialize or? Yes, it was terrifying uh, in one <laughs> yeah, sense because uh, it is COVID and you're all right. of a sudden with hundreds and hundreds of people. And it's quite, that's a little frightening, but nothing beats a live movie in this world. Right. And right. Um, provided, I think you do it safely. Um, it's a communal experience movies that I think everybody needs and loves and wants. And now Absolutely. I, I, I did that festival with Marco de Molina, but Alex um, was just returned from Sitchi, Spain, where the film actually had its uh, screening premiere. And so it was both oh, cool. its European premiere and its actual premiere uh, in, uh, in Sitchi, Spain. So uh, Alex can nice. tell you more about that, I'm sure. Yes, please, Alex. Uh, that's Congratulations, by the way, that's awesome. Um, yeah, how was the reception there? What was everything like over there? Oh, it was awesome. It was so cool because, again, we also had a full house and it nice. was like, oh, my God. And, you know, a lot of people there. And, you know, it's really nice to go back to theaters, you know, because yes. like we're big fans of like sitting down, you know, you're in a theater, mm -hmm. the sound's great, you know, the big screen. And it's really, you know, when, when it's virtual, I don't have anything against it, but it's not the same experience. Like we make movies for, you know, cinema. So, right. Right. Uh, yeah, it was just tricky. The flight restrictions. Uh, oh yeah, I, I was there for a month. Uh, yeah, it was just uh, really, really, really hard. And I wanted to go to you know Utah, but you know I mm -hmm. had to. Now I'm quarantined myself. Uh, oh gosh, yeah. 
Yes, and then we'll continue <laughs> doing stuff. But right. I'm glad Phil and Michael went there and they had a great time. And we won, and that's awesome. That's that awesome. is one we yes, did. Congratulations. We, we won, and uh, it, it was. We, thank you so much. We're, we, we're, we're all so excited about it. And uh, uh, we, we thought we had a fair chance, but uh, we were really up against some incredible competition, including some incredible films from uh, Sweden and England. Uh, in Australia, and uh, we we were the winners, and uh, we were we're, we're we're very humbled, and but also incredibly pleased by it. Awesome. Well, that's uh, great to hear. So, uh, for people who you know couldn't catch the premieres of these films at uh, you know any of these festivals, uh, tell us about Red Light. What's it about? Um, Red Light is. Uh, I'm sorry, Alex. You want you want to take this one, buddy? You're the writer. <laughs> no, I was, I was going to say you. You can, you can, because you, you, you oh. say it very well. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, Red Light, Red Light is about uh, a group of obnoxious social media influencers mm -hmm. who one night um, on a crazy wild drinking binge during Halloween encounter two vengeful brothers hellbent on correcting them and turning them into decent and non-annoying citizens. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, without giving too much away. I play one of the brothers. Brian Krauss plays the other one. And uh, together, uh, we're sort of the morality team uh, in a most brutal way. I'll say that. Yes. And uh, this picture uh, it was short, really. It was, original, it was designed to be uh, a proof of concept, meaning it okay. was a, you know, a, a, a template, really, to make a feature film. And um, uh, then COVID hit. And so Alex, mm. Marco and I went, well, now what are we gonna do? We can't take this to festivals. So we, we, we tried to get people by email that we knew, <clears throat> including large studios and with the contacts we had, but as good as that was, there's, there's nothing like a schmooze session. Mm -hmm. Just really sit down and convince somebody that you've got a picture that they want which, but we right. couldn't do that. So it was, it was really hard. Plus production was shutting down everywhere anyway. So our chances mm -hmm. were even less. And so despite our connections, um, we were kind of stuck, but then Alex came up with a great idea, which was, he said, look, why don't we send this doggone thing to as many film festivals as we can. And Alex is uh, no stranger to it uh, with his films, Escondido and several others. He's, he's, right. a, he's a kind of an old hand at it. And we did. And uh, fortunately, you know, his, his kind of brilliant maneuvering got us into a lot of really major ones. And um, nice. so we were very, very pleased. And we got it into that. And now I think, Alex, what are we up to? Eight? eight, eight? Almost 10 official selections, yes. And now, yeah. So we've got, ten, we've got into 10 festivals. We were very pleased. We thought it could stand on its own, but we, we didn't know um, it would be this well-received and we were, were incredibly happy about it. So what happens from this point on, is it a full-length movie in the future? Yes. Alex? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that, that's what we want. I mean, we already have the screenplay. We already have pretty much everything. So right now, we're going to do more film festivals because as Ted was saying, we have 10 more and we have five that are super big. Like this weekend, we have Mexico City, Morbido, which is the biggest one in Latin America. And we have in France, uh, Stratos Borg, um, Fantastic Film Festival, which is the one, the biggest one in France. 
So we're doing very well in film festivals and we're making a lot of noise. And uh, yeah, nice. I mean, our goal, our, I mean, our goal is to make this movie next year, if everything. Cool. You know, yeah, we want to make it next year. That's the idea with uh, COVID being even what it is, you know, we, we, we were going to go ahead and um, um, it, COVID is a, certainly nothing to sh shrug at. Right. Um, certainly you must keep everybody safe, but assuming mm -hmm. you have proper safety protocols and um, you're, you're using those protocols well, I don't see any reason why you can't make a movie. Absolutely. Definitely. Um, Sugar, we all had a chance to watch the movie too, and it was incredible. We all really, really loved it. Um, nice, Thank you. dark, you know, and I, I'm definitely there for the full length. I will be there. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. Um, so is, is everyone planning on uh, just, re, you know, reprising their, their stuff and everything and just continuing on yeah, from the short? Uh, yes. I'm sorry. Can you guys hear me okay? Yes. I have lost yes. everybody for a moment. Can you hear me? Yeah, I've gotten, I've gotten stuck here. Oh, can you guys hear me okay? There you go. Now we can see you too. Gotcha. Oh, yeah. So I, went, I don't know what happened. Internet. <laughs> Internet, <laughs> weirdness. Okay. Anyway, but uh, so, um, yes, we're hoping to, to uh, reprise everything uh, in terms of uh, I'm going to star in it. Alex will Good. direct the feature. And, uh, I, I, you know, it's a, it, it worked quite well. I mean, the short, in a sense, we all knew we wanted to make a feature. That was the whole idea. Not the short was incidental, in a sense. And, um, so, so uh, it was also sort of, I guess, you know, a little bit of an experiment in one sense to see if, well, does Alex like working with me and do I like working with Alex? You know, that's a big deal because when a star and a director, they, they're, other than the fact that they have to deal with each other in an artistic sense, they also just have to have breakfast, coffee and dinner with each other for right. weeks and weeks on end. And that's not a small thing, you know, you have to like who you work with, but I wound up really liking Alex and I think we, we get, we get along great on set. So um, I can't wait for the feature, you know, I really can't. Nice. Me too. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, sir. How did you guys come together with working on this? Alex? So it was uh, with Marco, Marco de Molina, which is one of the uh, producers of the project. I met him a couple of years back and I did a movie called Escondida. So that was a really independent film in Mexico City, you know, like super gorilla style. And when I moved to Los Angeles, which is now almost nine years, um, I told Marco, hey, it would be great to do the same thing, but in Hollywood, of course, with changes, right? So we did the, you know, the script, we started to work everything out. And then uh, Marco, you know, told me about, hey, uh, I know Ted. And I was like, oh shit, this is great. You know, <laughs> I'm a big fan. It would be great, you know, you sent the script and then Mark sent the script and that was like the connection and it was great because, uh, you know, Ted loved the script and I was like, wow. Because, you know, I told this to Ted while I was growing up, I used to watch, you know, Sheena and, you know, even Ted <laughs> and, and mm -hmm. yeah. So it's great. I was like, wow, what an honor. I remember the first yeah. FaceTime. It was like, oh shit. I did too. Okay. <laughs> Dude, well, I, I've seen your movie and I was like, man, this kid's, I mean, he's not a kid anymore, but I mean, when he directed that, he was really, really young. And I was like, well, if he can do that then, I'm sure you know, he can only get better. You know, you, directors don't really get worse. Well, directors kind of <laughs> usually have an art. It's weird. Right. Like directors in their teens, 20s, they start off really raw and right. fascinating. And it's with their highest creativity. 30s, they get really interesting. And when they kind of peak at 40s, they kind of go a little down. <laughs> and then they get in their 50s and 60s, they're, they can be washed up. <laughs> but Alex, I went, look, Alex has got 40 more years of good movies in him. 
wasn't worried one bit. Uh, but it's, it's, there's, there's a weird thing with, I don't know how you feel about that, Alex. I mean, I don't know. It's like, yeah. if you look at Hitchcock's like, I mean, Hitchcock was brilliant all the way through his career. And I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm old enough that I saw Alfred Hitchcock's last movie in the theaters when I was oh, young. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it was called Family Plot. It was um, with Bruce Dern, and uh, it was it was still an excellent movie, you yeah. know. But it was the first movie I'd ever seen of his. I was like, wow! I was just getting into movies, and I saw it in the movie theaters. It was like nineteen eighty or something, right. and um, it was the last movie he ever directed. And and then I went back and started watching his old. I was like, oh wow! Like, why isn't he that? <laughs> now, you know, um, but you know it happens. But it doesn't matter. I think you know, as and I and I suspect, I strongly suspect when Alex is quite old, he'll still be making very good movies and made nice. you know. So I don't think he's got you know, Alex. You have a good lifetime of of movies left in you. Personally, that's my personal opinion. Thank you, Pip. I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah, you know, and we have enough. And I will just continue to get weirder. you know as all character actors do they just get stranger and stranger you know oh that's well i mean i mean after all like who 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 else is you know like like guys like struther martin here's a great example Mm -hmm. Um, i think we all probably know who struther martin is right we're all film fanatics so struther martin when he was younger um was just playing like these kind of square nerdy guys you know he'd play guys with like now here's what i think he was kind of square and kind of nerdy and then he just got you you know struther martin i don't know but he just looks like one of these guys that maybe snorted a lot of coke and drank (laughs) and then he was the struther martin that we all knew and all his movies were like then he was you know crazy like that you know you know yeah and he was you know he just was he was is that struther martin by the way in uh uh, that that uh, Paul Newman movie, the prison movie. The pr- is that him? And I think it is, is that actually. Him making the speech yeah. in uh, uh, Cool Hand Luke. Is he the yes, sheriff? Yes. Right. That's Struther yes. Martin. Right. Perfect. Definitely, perfect. Yep. Hard for him. But he wasn't like that <laughs> when he was younger. He just got weirder. You know, and and so did almost everybody. And now some. I think you sort of as a director. And I'm sorry, I'm getting off topic. But no, you're fine. I mean, as like directors, I think directors and actors and maybe all artists just become more of what they are. They never become less, you know, it's very right. interesting. Yeah, it is very interesting. And uh, you were talking about uh, Hitchcock a moment ago. Were those some of your kind of your big influences kind of growing up as far as what kind of movies you watched and stuff? I watched. Yeah, I watched everything just about. But I but um, I, I was heavily influenced by Hitchcock. I think there's a lot of people yeah. I know. Alex, you dug Hitchcock, didn't you? You're in good company. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And um, I like Hitchcock. I also loved, though, that rapid pace style so much of like directors like um, uh, Howard Hawks, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. I loved that, you know, he, it was very interesting. Well, even directors of his day were moving the camera around, doing crazy things. It's not a new thing at all. As right. soon as they had a dolly, they were using it every five seconds. And, but Hawks kept it like this. He kept it at eye level. He kept very square shots. And yeah, it was almost beautiful. like he removed himself. He's a very interesting director because he removed himself mm-hmm. from the movie. He, it wasn't very cinematic in that regard, but it moved like this. Mm-hmm. There's, right. no, there's no fat, not an ounce of fat on any of those movies. And it's incredible. And I, I was very 
influenced by that. But as an actor, uh, I always love the character actors the best. I always oh, yeah. found the leading men to be uh, uh, personally rather disposable in my personal opinion when I was younger and, and I still do. And um, I also like guys who straddled the two, you know, like Robert Mitchum is one that sort of straddles. He's so weird. He's a goon. He should have yeah. been a thug. He should have been a, he could have easily been a Republic Pictures B thug, oh, yeah. B player, but he's not. And so he's one that kind of is in the middle. Those guys fascinate me too, you know? But I always wanted to be the guy that made things happen to other people. I wasn't very interested in um, being the guy who things happen to. And mm -hmm. so I loved the character actors the best. And I, most of my career has been that, you know? And yeah. Um, but the parts that I like that are leads, such as this one that Alex wrote, uh, is is like very unique. They don't write many parts like that. So he is a guy who he, he's, I guess, the lead of the picture, you might say. But yeah, he's I, certainly a guy that is an instigator and not one that is things happening to him as much. So it's very interesting. Mm -hmm. All right. And now, yeah. Alex, what, what about you? I know the influences for you, you said Hitchcock. What other influences uh, have helped shape your career? Oh, many. I have. I mean, I got Kubrick, Orson Welles. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, with Hitchcock, it was very interesting because when we were in pre-production, I was talking to Ted. Uh, we were talking about The Rope because I love that oh, yes. film so much. Because, rope is you know, amazing. You know, it's, it's like an envision as a long take. And that's, I'm very fascinated by that because it creates so much tension in between, you know? So that was the main goal with, uh, with this concept. And, you know, that I want to do also for the feature uh, because it's very, I don't know, the camera work is great, but the acting has to be very solid. The nerving, yes. you know, you're watching it and you're seeing what's happening around you. Uh, when we were watching it, I was like, Oh, like, oh, there's, what, why is a truck pulling up? What's going on? I love it. So well done. And it built the tension without really showing much. You just showed the yeah. background of it, everything evolving behind. It was extremely well done. Thank <laughs> you. Yes, it was a great choreography, you know, from the cinematographer, actors, everybody. So uh, that's what I love about the long takes is teamwork. Mm -hmm. Everybody has to do their best and, you know, it's going to look great if everyone does great. Right. And uh, it doesn't. Yeah. I mean, there's always the possibility, and it happens. You know, Alex likes to rehearse a reasonable amount. Um, it seems to me, you know, I mean, it's just it's an actor who's worked in the business a long time. He he doesn't take too long to rehearse. Once he under once we all understand, he goes right into it. But then, because his takes are four minutes long, you could easily goof, and people do on minute three and a half. And it's not mm -hmm. just two people chatting. You've got the car and the this and the kids, camera lights. And that's all yeah. gone. I remember once, in fact, <laughs> during that during that truck scene, uh, excuse me, during the, yeah, during the, the, the abduction scene, mm -hmm. I get out of the truck. And at that point, the scene's been going on for two and oh, a half, yeah. three minutes. And I got out of the truck and I tripped. And that was it. Oh, no. It was right at the end. And I think it was a really good take, too. And that's oh, just, man. got to throw it out. There's no, way to, there's no way to fix it. That's just a big, fat cut. Yeah. I remember yeah, that Alex. one. And, and that's when, you know, that's when I had the most respect for Alex because I remember fucking that up and looking at him going, how's this guy going to handle this? You know, oh. is he going to handle it? Because that's the equivalent of an actor going through 
four page monologue and on minute three and a half, a light falls. Oh yeah. And the, you know, the, the, the grip fucks him or whatever, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you handle that? That could be a terrible moment, but Alex was like, no problem. Let's go back to one. I'm like, okay, this guy's all right. <laughs> Okay. I mean, inside he might have been chewing his guts out. I'm sure. Right. <laughs> no, no, but it, that was a great one. I was, it was so funny. Um, and you know, it's you know, it's it's part of it. You know, if, if we're gonna make long things, we know, we know that something wrong might happen, and we have to redo it. So I mean, it's fine. I don't. Yeah. I wouldn't be like, oh, dead. You know, nah. I would be like, hey, let's do it again. You know. <laughs> Yeah, perhaps the, someone else was, you know, like, oh shit, but that, not me. <laughs> yeah, well, oh yeah, I think many, most, perhaps, yeah. You know, that's a great story. Yeah, yeah that's that's really cool. Um, yeah. Um, go ahead, Nolan. Sorry. Oh no, go right ahead, Kevin. No, so uh, Alex, we kind of, you know, we've been kind of working backwards on this whole thing. Uh, but uh, what, where did the seed of the idea of the movie come from? Like, what, uh, you know, what, what, what made you spark this, this really great, uh, like, you know, Ted was saying, he tell us, a, you know, it's a dark morality tale, or you know, them trying to, um, what, uh, what, what kind of sparked the idea for you? So as I was saying, like the original idea came 10 years ago, but it, it all came because I'm from Mexico City originally before moving to Los Angeles. And there was, a, you know, a problem with kidnapping. So I wanted to make a film about kidnapping and with, you know, young kids who get in trouble. But, you know, it's like, the well, back in the day it was YouTubers. Now it's right. Instagrammers. So it, it, it's been evolving. So then I was like, you know, it would be great to do the, the same thing, but, you know, in, in L.A. or in, in the U.S., um, but changing it to, like, said, like Ted was saying, a moral, you know, they want to they wanna take out, like, the trash, right, or from the streets, kind of like these guys, well, right. these kids are really annoying and they're doing really bad things for this world and they want to take them off, you know. So I feel like it's very interesting. I'm very, I'm very fascinated by human condition. And uh, I love, you know, analyzing the psychology. And I feel like Ted's character has a lot of that. You know, it's, it's a very complicated character. Yes. Um, and the role is really complicated. And, you know, Ted nails it big time. I really like what he did in the, you know, the concept. And I can't wait for the feature because there's many more things that he does. <laughs> that is very like the psychology is very complicated. So, yeah, it I'm is. fascinated by that. Fascinated. It is. Yeah, he wrote it. He wrote it. it it's he wrote it as a wonderful, he's a great bad guy because um, mm-hmm. because the, the greatest, mis- there's two big mistakes that writers often make when writing bad guys, even, even good ones, good writers. And the first is they write them bad. They write them as bad people. Right. But of course, nobody who was ever bad ever thought of themselves as bad. No, they think of themselves all. as needing to break the law for the greater good. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm sure I'm sure yeah. even I'm sure even yeah. Adolf Hitler must have thought, well, all this is really awful, but I'm doing it for their own good. Mm-hmm. In the end, they'll thank me mm-hmm. because German culture yeah. is the only culture. <laughs> <You know. laughs> right. Whatever. I, I don't know what's going through his sick mind, but I'm, at some point, I'm sure, you know, but no bad guy rings his hands and goes muhaha. And yet writers write that. The other thing mm-hmm. writers make the mistake frequently of doing when writing bad guys, in my opinion, is they give them these 
very, very long involved speeches. And the reason they do it is because the bad guys are the most fun to write. Oh, yes. And it's very tempting. Writers are alone when they write things. Mm-hmm. And they like to hear things because you're lonely for hours on end. You're all alone. And they write these big, long speeches, thinking in their thoughts. And, and, um, and so you often get these rather one-sided characters that have these long speeches. It's very, very common. Television especially is just the worst. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you can hardly, even today, you turn on a cable show, you'll just find these dreadful long monologues, you know. But this had none of it. This had none of it. This guy was was uh, was was very interesting because of the terrible things he does, but he thinks he's doing good, which makes which right. makes for a complex character, right? And it takes us among other things. We all know, you know, we all see these, uh, you know, the social mediaites out there, you know, filming every walk of life, everything they're doing. So it's something that you could see right outside, you know, your door. Um, they and do, we- and, and and yeah, and that, and also they'll sometimes uh unfortunate influencers you know they'll take pictures of you know uh, famous people who are now homeless people right? mm-hmm. and they horrible. put them up or, or or this recent one that happened like three years ago some woman who wanted more likes and she took a picture of this former actor who worked at trader now works at trader joe's oh yeah i, I remember, remember that guy's name that. yeah some guy he was on some show anyway it's a fine job working at Trader Joe's. They treat their employees yeah. well, I understand. Benefits and stuff. And they seem to work. Anyway, that's not the point. She went, ha ha, look what's happening. Though it was a terrible thing. And uh, the guy was ridiculed by some. And it was it was just unbelievable that people would uh-huh. do such things. Yeah. Though stranger that she thought working at Trader Joe's was a bad thing, which is bizarre. Right. But, but still, this is the kind of world that we live in. Mm-hmm. Here we are. I don't know why. Yeah, it's, it's sad. I can't, can't explain it. But I think Alex really hit on something very prescient, which is that it's making us all crueler and uh, more egotistical. Mm-hmm. And um, it's making us uh, care a lot less. That's a very interesting idea. And we're doing it for, you know, not we, but, you know, as in a community, as in as a whole, for likes and for comments. And it's sickening that, you know, you're putting, you know, your fellow humans in your, you know, on display just to get the, to get that reaction. So I, the way the, the film opened, you know, I won't give a whole lot away just with, you know, the homeless man and whatnot. Very timely, because I think we've all seen that on social media, yep. you know, and to me, it does sicken me. So it, again, I'm not trying to root for the bad guy here, but. Mm-hmm. It's that moral compass. Well, yeah, and I think, and I think it was, you know, it, Alex hit on something that was. I don't know if we, Alex, when you wrote that, were you, were you, when you wrote that character, were you thinking about the situation in the United States, Mex, or Mexico, or both? No, just in the United States, because in, yeah. I've, been living, mm-hmm. I've been living in LA for eight years, so now it's my home, and you know, I mean, I I come often into Mexico City to see my parents, whatever, but. You know, now my chip is, you know, is in the U.S. So I wanted, you know, to pretty much do it over there. But yeah. uh, it's very interesting that what Ted and you guys are saying, uh, that everybody that has seen uh, Red Light, they root mm-hmm. for Ted. Yeah. <laughs> and when Ted is punishing the kid, <laughs> they go, great, punish them. Because when, we're, when I was in Spain yeah. and it was after the screening, everybody was like, Ted, you know, they were clapping. 
And they were telling me Ted was doing the right thing. And it yeah, was I heard, we heard that too in, uh, <laughs> we had in Colorado, excuse me, in Utah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't oh. expect that. I'd hope they wouldn't find, I hope they would find yeah. some, something to, that was in common with them, but I didn't think they'd be rooting for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was, I had the same reaction. I'm like, oh, yeah, I was shit. like, wow. Yeah, it's great. It was, I think it's great. That means your script really, really hit a nerve, you know? Well, it's good. That's important. Yes. And, and again, everybody's sick of, ins I mean, influencers and recording this and posting this and like everybody's <laughs> like getting tired of this. So it's very interesting that we are hitting a nerve and I love that. We have Me a too. message and it's yes. great. I, my opinion. I think so too. And I, and I think too, like, you know, like Alex wrote this character that like all, you know, good, good, good characters that you're disgusted with at the same time of liking, they have something that you can relate to. And a good, I think a good, you know, example of that, that I, I don't want to give the Alex's script away. So I'll give another movie example of a similar kind of a character, which is in, in the story Reanimator by, um, okay, yeah. by H.P. Lovecraft, mm -hmm. uh, he wrote this character of Herbert West who does unspeakable things in the name of science. And normally a moo-ha-ha-ha -ha scientist is such a trite uh, character that you wouldn't even consider writing something like that. And even sort of was to some degree in his time, but, but why you like it is because that character doesn't compromise. He believes in his integrity. He says, I'm an, in, in, you know, I'm an integral guy. I do what I do for, for science and it must go through. He's not trying to, you know what I mean? And we all understand that in some degree that we've done things in the name of morality and our own personal value system that was probably disgusting to other people. <laughs> you know, we do it all the time. Just a small degree, we try and check it, but I think that part of that character that Ox wrote was delicious, personally. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And I think another great aspect too is that there are consequences. That you are mm -hmm. still held accountable. And that's kind of what I got from it as well. Yeah, yes. and I, I agree. Oh, go on, Alex, please. Oh no, I was gonna say that when they when they're like really mean to the homeless, like that's I mean, that's really like, you know, nasty and and you hate the yeah. characters there, you know, they're like this automatically yeah kids are <laughs> terrible. And we did it, you know, softly because I don't want to give it away, but in the feature screenplay we have it even worse. <laughs> like yes. you will hate them more. Like, you know, so it's yeah. uh yeah, so go ahead. Sorry, to, no, that's I all. No, I agree, and I and I think that short was was really heightened by Alex's direction, certainly, and the lighting was one of the most. It was one of the most beautifully photographed things I had been in in quite some time. Um, mm -hmm. I, I remember thinking when I saw it, I was like, "Man, I I haven't been photographed that nicely in in a long time, in in two or three years." You know, the last thing I did that looked that good was. This movie I did, this TV show I did called Dead Wax for oh, Shudder. Yes. And that was directed by Graham Resnick and another guy similar to Alex in that, you know, photography is incredibly important to him. And and that was beautifully lit too, but but uh, that was a while ago. So I was really pleased, you know. And, you know, typically a short is something people just crank out to get it out. 
right. so let me get yeah. this damn short you know it's short i'm gonna make it short make it fast but you know this i felt was there was a lot of love put into the photography and that was nice and the fact yeah. that you were able to capture so much depth in such a short amount of time as well yeah Thanks. i think you i think you have to with shorts like mm -hmm. film you can you can have periods during that where you can mess up fine because if you can mess up here and there in a feature because you have an hour and a half a short everything has to be great every single frame there's there's no messing around not not the acting not the direction not the camera work not the sound nothing you don't have us you don't have that luxury so uh, everybody needs to bring it and bring it at that moment and I I, I personally think it uh, uh, su succeeded in that very cool. Yeah. Uh, you had brought up earlier about how you like um, to play, um, you know, characters who are making things happen to other people. Um, do you like the more, you know, because you've played a variety of characters throughout your career, um, everything from, uh, you know, Xena and Hercules, like we were talking about, to like a movie like Skinner. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, yeah, even to like something like this. Um, is that what, is there a particular sandbox you like to play in as far as if you want to play like, you know, like this character, or do you like to play more like, you know, the, um, you know, a little bit goofier kind of fun character or whatnot? Um, well, I prefer serious roles with an absurdist side. Okay, yeah. That's, that's sort of what I, I've usually played. I started off playing these very intense, one of the first roles, well, let's see, I, I had sound one of the first big movies I did was for Wes Craven for Shocker, but then I did this. Oh, yeah sort of oddball romance movie where I was a paranoid delusional. Uh, I did with Deborah Foreman and called Lunatics, A Love Story. And, and after that, I played, did a couple of Tom Clancy movies where I was a CIA analyst. And then I did three years on another TV show called Sequest where I was a computer analyst. So all mm -hmm. these are pretty, you know, straightforward, yeah. straight kind of parts. Xena was just an anomaly in my career. It happened to be a very popular show and I was very happy for that. But I've never yeah. before or since done anything like that really that was but um uh the producer i knew robert tappert and he cast me and that knowing me from a very young age right uh, you know knowing i was could be goofy but i don't usually play those kinds of parts that just was you know but i but i am in real life kind of goofy guy but i don't really care to play those for the most part oh, very cool yeah i like like uh we were talking about before the show we were talking about, uh, you know, your character Nash versus Evil Dead. I think he plays that line of a serious role, but he's a little bit aloof, I would say. Oh, yeah. He's a yeah. complete idiot, that character. Yeah, he is. He's a complete idiot. That's, that's pretty, was fun to play, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I, I, think, I think I do, as far as the movies I've done that are comedy, are they're almost all with my old dear friend Bruce Campbell. And, yes. Um, I've done... I don't know, nine or 10 feature films with him and another 50 or 60 hours wow. of television. And uh, those have been comedy, but that's just because Bruce does lighter stuff for the most part. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, and so I like working with him and I'll always, if he's doing something, I want to work with him because he's just an old friend. But uh, normally I don't, I don't gravitate towards those parts. In fact, after I did Xena, it was huge. It was the number one uh, yeah. syndicated yeah. show in America and many countries around the world. And, I was very lucky and fortunate, but my agents then strictly sent me out for comedy and I uh, failed every single audition for a year. 
there wasn't one I booked. And they were boggled. They were like, what's the matter with you? You just did this comedy part that was the biggest TV show, syndicated TV show in the world. And I tried to tell them, I'm like, I don't know how to do comedy auditions. I just, I can do that, but I can't, I can't audition. Like, you know, I'm not really, that's not my bag. Mm. And I failed them. I just, I failed all of them. It was a terrible year. It was the worst audition year of my life, you know, until I quit those agents and I kind of bopped around. I finally have an agency now that finally understands me at last. And, you know, it's been a great five years, you know, I've worked almost consistently. So anyway, the point of the matter is, I, I, you know, comedy is sort of an oddball thing for me, but I, you know, I'd rather do what this is. I'd much prefer to be in movies uh, like, like Red Light and work with guys like Alex. Cool do comedy. I know COVID kind of put a damper on things, but do either of you have anything in the works currently, possibly in the future? Mr. Alex? Yes, <laughs> yes. I'm about to finish another concept for another feature. Oh, cool. uh, it's called 165 Days in Quarantine. And it's pretty much uh, something that sparked in quarantine. I wrote four feature screenplays because there was, you know, a lot of time that I was, you know, yeah. indoors. And uh, this one, yeah, it's really heavy. I was talking to Ted actually about it like uh, a couple of days ago. And that is, I shot it four by three, black and white. I, I went old school. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited about that one. And also it's a long take. Okay. But that one, is the, that was the long, long, longest in my career. It's 13 minute long take. I'm really, so yeah, the only thing I was angry about is that I wasn't in that one. So oh that, no. That I'm disappointed in, but it's gonna be a badass movie. Oh yeah. Yes. So Great. It's gonna be no, sad. And you know, it will, it will be great. Uh, I have other scripts that I'm thinking, you know, we tell. Uh, I mean, if he likes the scripts, because the idea is also when you connect with, you know, with a great actor, you want to keep, you know, working. And mm -hmm. uh, we have red light, but yeah, with these four screenplays, yeah, I have, if Ted likes the script, <laughs> it will be great. It will, Let me it see it, man. Great. Let me see that script. <laughs> Send it over. I want to see that thing. We want you to like it. Come on, first crack at it. <laughs> I will. I will show it to you soon. Okay. I just need to polish it a little bit more. But okay. it's good. Let's see good. that thing, man. Um, yes. You can see, like, this is hilarious. Like, this is the age of COVID, right? Like, right. Alex and I have been working together for now uh, a, a little more over a year, but we've yes. seen each other for like three days. <laughs> like in, in person. This is why we're catching up now. This is just how the world we live in. In film, normally, right. like, we would be hanging out every single day and going this and that. But this is it's very strange, you know, how Hollywood works right now. It's yeah. very odd. It is very weird. Yeah. Hopefully, 2021 is going to be, Let's you know, hope. yes, better. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Ted? What have you been working on? Well, I, I'm, look, I'm, I'm working on two projects, neither of which I can tell you all the details about. I signed NDAs for both of them. But gotcha. uh, one is, I can tell you this, one is a video game for Sony, for Sony PlayStation, from a playable character. Cool. Nice. Um, it is horror, I can tell you that. Ooh, um, very cool. So it's fun. I'm running around with a uh, mocap suit, you know, and uh, on nice. a giant green screen stage, you know, um, yeah at digital domain in, in, in uh, Los Angeles, California. And um, sadly, that's all I can tell you about that. And right now I'm speaking to you, as you can see from a hotel room mm -hmm. and in, uh, I'm in um, Atlanta, Georgia, 
um, working on another TV show, which I cannot talk about. <laughs> hey. I'm so sorry. No, it's all right. No, hey. Yeah. You're staying busy. Uh, That's awesome. I'm, I'm yeah. quite, I'm very lucky. I'm just very lucky. This has been uh, the busiest five years of my life since I was in, since I was Alex's age, you know, so I'm, I'm incredibly happy. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And Georgia is very humid. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Very humid down here. Oh, no. <laughs> We're a little cold over here. Where are you guys again? I'm Southern California. She's oh, right. uh, I'm in the mountains. I'm in the desert. And then, Kevin, you are? In Portland, Oregon. Portland. All right. Wow, yeah. you guys all West Coast guys. Yep, all West Coast. Everybody's on the West Coast. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, cool. It's nice. Yeah. Now, um, if somebody didn't get to catch Red Light at one of the festivals, is there a way for them to check this out? Is it going to get any kind of release to where people can view it online or purchase it or anything like that? Um, actually, we're going to have a, uh, well, we cannot share it yet, but on December, mm. it's going to be very available. Um, cool. For, well, we, we're going to be in a convention and it's going to be like a virtual online thingy where it's going to be available for almost, I think, three weeks. Oh, nice. Uh, yes. So people are going to be able to watch it on December. Uh, and we're excited, but just, we, we cannot share it much yet. <laughs> now, yeah, it's okay. so the answer is, a, answer is a big fat no. <laughs> it will be yes. <laughs> and then, you know, I mean, we'll probably include it, I imagine, as a DVD extra with a feature. You know. Yes. Nice. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, that'll be fun. You know. Yeah, Very cool. Yeah. To that, yeah, that'd be super cool. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, so yeah, um, congratulations again, you guys, on all the awards and just it being, you know, received so well. That's really, really cool. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you yeah, definitely. Um, and I want to just um, ask you something real quick, Ted. <laughs> you know, my, we're really, really uh, big. Uh, comic books are kind of our bread and butter here at Pastrami Nation. Right. We love comics. We review comics. And uh, you were in one of the greatest uh, comic book movie trilogies of all time. Um, I just had to say, oh. we love it, which is Spider-Man, of course. Oh, thank you. That's very <laughs> the nice. Spider-Man trilogy. Yeah, we're all uh, very uh, honored to have you both thank here. You. Um, and yeah, and thank you for all you guys do. And then uh, uh, also, I want to give a huge shout out to Horror Fest International. Um, if it wasn't for them, this interview wouldn't have been possible and we're highly appreciative of them. And uh, yeah, thank you. Guys. Oh yeah, they were awesome. If anybody gets a chance uh, next year, do go to Horror Fest International. It is a, an incredible experience and uh, it's high up in uh, the hills there in uh, Utah. It's an incredibly <laughs> Utah, beautiful yes. And um, nothing bad to say about that town. It's just yeah. like uh, heaven landed on earth. It's the prettiest place, uh, just about the prettiest little town I've ever seen. Gotta go next year. Yep, we gotta go. Yep, definitely. Road trip. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> well, thank you, Definitely gentlemen. Do. We really do appreciate your time. If you coming by, stopping by, talking about yes. Red Light, I look forward to next year. You know, hopefully seeing it go into production for the full movie and seeing a full length movie because the way it ended, it just makes you want more. So yeah. thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you very thank much you. for having us. We're we're uh, we're we're very delighted to be on your show, and um, thanks for your time. Thank you. Thank you. And everybody, thank sure you. Domination.com for news, reviews, and more.